This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank. Typically, we're getting you ready for kickoff. Typically, we're getting you ready for a Sooner game, but it is a bye week. So we welcome back the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Of course, Toby, in addition to his duties as the play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, he's also the host of the game plan, which you hear on the Sooner Sports Podcast Network. But Toby also has his own weekly daily radio show. Uh, Let me rephrase that. He has his own daily radio show. And wanted to start, Toby, first and foremost by asking what's the reaction been from the callers? What's kind of the response been this week after the tough loss to Ohio State on Saturday for Oklahoma? I think mostly disappointment. I mean, um, you know, after every loss like this, there's some anger mixed in and – um, I think some people are searching for answers. That probably includes coaching staff and uh, players and stuff. But uh, mostly disappointment. I mean, it's a, a team and a season in which you came into it and you had a chance for a national championship. Uh, certainly after how last year went, you had high hopes. And um, a one-and-two start, even given knowing how hard the early season schedule was, and the quality of the opponents that you lost to uh, is disappointing. So they need to go get them a win and another memory under their belts, and I think that'll make everybody feel better. Now, is uh, good, though. Yeah, they are. Fort Worth is going to be tough. Yeah, and I think you and I, uh, you and I have the same take when it comes to loss. We are probably, for those that are angry, riddled fans, we're probably the last people you want to listen to after a loss because I like you, Toby. It's not like, and and I've made this joke a lot, it's not like after a loss we get done with a broadcast and we high-five and go, all right, let's go make this sound good. You know, that's not really the approach that we have, but I think we're, we're two positive guys. So you always like to look at things, for instance, like this. Yeah, might be on the outside looking in for a Final Four berth, but that goal of a conference championship is still very much in front of this team. Some people don't like hearing that, but that's the reality of where we are right now. They can still win a conference title and go to a big-time bowl game. Yeah, I mean, you got to be optimistic. I mean, you know, what What fun is it What's if you're not? Um, you know, we've uh, just, you and I personally, uh, we got a whole lot of broadcasts in front of us. Yep. And uh, you don't just cash in after week three and, and say, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> and uh, the season's over. So <laughs> you got to be optimistic. And listen, I mean, you never know. You, you never know what could happen. Um, uh, it, maybe they it, win them all and uh, win a championship, and then we're it's in a pretty cool place on uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or where, wherever, whatever day they're playing on this year, the big bowl games. So, um, you know, uh, you might as well uh, be optimistic about it because, in my opinion, the other side isn't a lot of fun. Yeah, and again, are there questions that need to be answered? Absolutely. But, again, I think you've got the best coach in the country, and he's put together a staff that's going to answer those questions. Toby, i got to be honest with you. I, I've listened to it a thousand times now. I was going to play it before we left here today. But 
I, I become more impressed with Baker Mayfield every time I hear him speak. But I don't want him to worry about putting too much on himself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a tough road for him so far this season. But do you worry at all about him trying to put too much on his own shoulders? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think he's done that so far this year. I think he has tried a little too hard to be uh, a superhero at times and yeah. not, you know, allow Joe or Samaje or D.D. or Mark or, you know, some of these tremendous athletes he has around him carry some of the load. And, and that's why he hasn't played up to his own expectations so far this year. I think, though, his approach after the game the other night was awesome. And his approach since then has been awesome. Uh, he doesn't deserve all the blame, but his willingness to take it as a captain and a quarterback of this team, I think, shows a maturity that I think is fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, Baker's got another year after this, and uh, he's got a lot of growing to do. We know how spectacular he can be. We've seen it. And, um, you know, going through hard times makes you better. Um, so maybe we're going to even see on the other end of this an even better make Baker Mayfield than we saw last year. And if that's the case, then the Sooners will be all the better for it. I think I brought this up on last Thursday's tailgate. So I apologize for those of you who heard it last Thursday, but I just want Toby here to go ahead and reaffirm it. How good has Teddy Lehman been in helping giving us that perspective on exactly what's kind of gone wrong and what the opposition has done? It's been incredible, hasn't it? He's, well, I hope everybody listens to our radio broadcast. I know that you're watching television a lot of the time. I would uh, encourage you to maybe supplement your television broadcast with the radio, not because of of me, but because of what we're getting from the sidelines, I think is better than any broadcast in the country. And that's you, Chris, with uh, all the information you're providing down there from, uh, you know, injury information to coaching information to player information, whatever the case may be. But to your point about Ted, he is a star in the making. And he has played this game at the highest level. He has been the best linebacker in the country at the college level and has an ability to look at what a defense is doing and an offense, but especially a defense, and know instantaneously what has to be done to beat it, uh, how a defense needs to make an adjustment to counter what the offense is trying to do. It's stuff that is so rich, you, you don't get it on your television most of the time, most of the time, hardly ever. And uh, he's just fantastic. And uh, so whether it's in the pregame trying to figure out what's going to happen or in the postgame describing to us what did happen or even in the middle of drives at times, we'll say, all right, Ted. Well, I mean, the other night, you know, after the first couple of series, it was obvious. Here's what Ohio State is doing on offense. They're putting three wide receivers on one side. They're overloading the formation. And it's given OU fits. Ted, what? What does OU have to do to fix this? And he's just great. I mean, he's just fantastic. So I hope people are listening to us for that for no other reason. Yeah, and and, and it, it carries over even more in just the conversations we have with him because off there to better understand the game. I mean, this is a guy that's done countless hours of film study, practice, and everything that, you know, in, in, in identifying whenever he – he made a great point the other day. He goes, you know, when you come off the field 
after, even if it's just a three and out or you gave up a first down, you don't sit down, high five, drink your water, get on Twitter and enjoy. You're trying to identify what you learned and what went wrong and how to fix it. And, you know, his point was really good. He said, if you're in those over formations and you're forcing Oklahoma to get out of odd fronts, you need a cornerback to step up and make a play. If he busts some guy in the knee and they're not able to get in, he didn't mean to hurt him, by the way, so let's make that real, but just a good shot that takes him out, then maybe they have to get out of it. And I thought that was really good points. And I don't want to obviously rehash everything that went wrong on Saturday. But, Toby, I just wanted to make sure, and we're not just saying it because we want you to listen to the broadcast more. That perspective you get from Teddy Lehman, who is standing right there on the sideline and has probably the best perspective from not just his experience but where he is, I've been blown away with it from uh, from the start of the season. He's been unreal this year. And he's got his own microphone now. Yes, he does. So he's even (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> He's even more deadly than he was before. Oh, man. Is is this – here's here's one constant take that I've been hearing. And, again, it's just – I'll throw it to you and then I'll get my take. This team misses Sterling Shepard. When you hear that, is there not one of those, yeah, you think kind of thoughts? I mean, you're yeah, you're going to miss a guy who's probably a candidate for rookie of the year right now. But I don't know if I pin all of their problems just on that. Do you? Um – no, I think the offense is close. I do too. Now, I mean they they miss they miss Sterling. That's that is a no duh statement. Um, if you're an OU fan, you know you would counter that by saying, "Yeah, but that's why you have recruiting because you're supposed to have another one right behind," which is a little naive because Sterling Shepherds don't grow on trees. Yep. And he's a remarkable kid. We have been very fortunate around here to have an incredible run of wide receivers, you know, with Ryan and with Mark Clayton and, and uh, Kenny Stills. And Sterling might be the best of all of them. Mm-hmm. When this is all said and done and we look at what he has done, what he does in his pro career, you know, I think you can probably make a pretty good case that Sterling Shepard may go down as the greatest receiver in OU history. Now, he didn't do it with a lot of flash, and, you know, he didn't act like wide receivers normally act when they're motioning first down when they make the catch, all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't necessarily always obvious as to how spectacular he was. But the way he ran routes, his ability to get open, his ability to use his body to shield defenders, to make the great play on the sidelines and keep toes inbound, uncanny. I mean, just uncanny Mm -hmm. what he could do. And, of course, they miss him. Of course, they don't have another one of him on this team right now. But the offense is close. I mean, I think what Joe is, is showing this year is special. I think Samaje is is a guy who started slow last year as well and got better and better as the year went along. As defenses get tired, Samaje gets better. So I hope that's the same again this year. I know he's off to a bit of a slow start. Mark Andrews is becoming what we all thought he could be, which is a a superstar receiver. I mean, he's not a possession receiver. He's a guy who makes big plays. And uh, and then you need a couple of those other guys to step up, be it D.D. or Jarvis or A.D. Miller, whoever it may be. But I, I think they're going to put up points this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they miss Sterling. They miss Eric Stryker. They miss Zach Sanchez, Charles Tapper, and all those guys that are gone from a year ago. But there is some truth to saying this is Oklahoma, next man up, just like Ohio State do. You know, I mean, you can only use the we're young excuse 
you know, so so often, and, and then somebody else is going to become a star. And so that's kind of what this team needs right now. They need some stars to emerge. Maybe there's some guys that we're, we don't necessarily uh, expect or have fingered previously as being a star all of a sudden becomes a breakout guy for this team. But uh, uh, Sterling was special. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I think it just really oversimplifies things. I usually respond to that by saying, boy, Ohio State just lost Ezekiel Elliott. And look at what their running backs were able to do. I'm not trying to compare the two programs, but yes, Sterling was special. And you're 100% right, Toby. I think it's a matter of time before guys step up. I talked about this with Jessica Cootie the other day on our radio show. And you've really started to see some of those leadership qualities develop in a Mark Andrews. He's not an overly vocal guy, but you see it matches play on the field. Uh, he's starting to become more involved. I t- the guy who I'm really waiting to step up and, and have a, a major impact is still D.D. Westbrook, and I think that's coming. I'm w- it's not excuse-making, but, Toby, I really think this offense is a lot closer than some of those uh, negative, I don't want to just say fans, but writers, reporters, whomever. I think this offense is a lot closer than what people are giving it credit for. Yeah, I mean, the, what the next step is finishing drives. You know, I mean, yep. the next they're, – they're, moving the ball pretty well they did against houston they did against ohio state lincoln riley knows what he's doing they got misdirection stuff they've got two really good backs that two back set that they run is tough on a defense to handle they've got a tight end or wide receiver or whatever you want to call mark andrews i think is one of the best in the country uh i think this michael jones kid is oh i love him yeah an up-and-comer so the finishing drives is, the, is what they've struggled with early in the season. And getting the ball into the end zone, uh, not turning it over in crucial situations uh, when they're down there. So I think that's the next uh, the next thing. And, and once they can kind of figure out the magical formula there, which, you, you know, they've got the guys. I mean, yeah. you know, Project P-Run's got, what is it sitting on now, 39 career touchdowns or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Mark Andrews is a big body down in the red zone. So they got the guys to finish drives. It's just a matter of not making mistakes, not taking, you know, the silly sack that Baker took the other day on the three-yard line. He'd tell you that. Can't do that. Um, the, uh, the the pick six that Ohio State had was was fourth down in Ohio State territory. you you got to come away with points when you have those situations. So I think that's the next step for this offense. And once they become a little better at that, then, then maybe watch out. Uh, you still believe after uh, the week we've had, that having a bye week is good here for this team? I know we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday's podcast, but you still believe this is a good time for a break? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I know we talked on Monday. I don't remember ever saying, boy, this is a bad time for a bye right. week. Maybe so. Maybe when you're kind of on a roll and you're cooking along, you would rather not have to, you know, take a bye week. But um, I think it's good for a couple of reasons. You know, health is the easy thing to say. That's certainly true. They got some guys that are banged up, but just from a kind of regrouping standpoint, you know, gather yourself, flush the negativity, flush what has the results that have taken place so far, and let's get our minds right here and uh, and make a run at this thing. You know, let's see if we can – and maybe you adopt an us-against-the-world mentality, nobody believes in us anymore, all that kind of stuff. But whatever the case may be, you know, I, uh, maybe overlooked is they need a couple of weeks of practice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Get a few extra days on the field to kind of straighten out some of the things that uh, maybe you're unhappy with how they're going right now. So 
yeah, I think it's a pretty good time. All right, well, what are you going to do with the bye week, Toby? we got a lot of really good games this weekend, even in the Big 12. you got West Virginia, BYU. you got Oklahoma State and Baylor getting things started. What, uh, TCU is on Friday night against Destin. you got a lot of good games this weekend. Definitely going to watch some football. I'm going to hang out with some friends. It's my birthday coming up on uh, Monday, so Ooh. I think uh, my wife and I have some family plans on Very Sunday. cool. And I'm not exactly sure what they are. I'm a little <laughs> excited about that. A little bit of a surprise for Dad coming up. So uh, uh, it's going to be nice. A relaxing uh, weekend because once Monday rolls around, it's time to punch the gas again. And before you know it, we're going to be down in Fort Worth. I owe you guys dinner. I didn't get to buy the crew uh, dinner when we went to Houston. Heck yeah. So uh, all of us are going out Friday night, and uh, we're going to eat some good food and see if we can win a football game on Saturday. Sounds good, Toby. I appreciate you finding time for us, and we'll talk to you next week, not just with the coaches' press conference on Monday, but don't forget the game plan on Tuesday with Toby Rowland. Thanks, T-Row. Talk to you next week, buddy. You the man, Chris. See you. All right, we'll see you. That's Toby Rowland. He is the voice of the Sooners. And, again, his podcast is on Mondays. Uh, when we tape, actually, it will hit the air on Tuesdays. So make sure you give, uh, well, if you subscribe, you get them all. But make sure you give uh, the game plan a listen from earlier this week. I thought it was spectacular. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Riverwind Resort, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, top name concerts, and never ending rewards. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. And brought to you by Allstate, a proud sponsor of Oklahoma football. During the 2016 college football season, Allstate will feature its good hands net behind the goalpost at all Sooner home games to demonstrate support for the University of Oklahoma. Allstate will make a contribution for every field goal and extra point made by Sooner kickers to the university's general scholarship fund. Allstate, it's good to be in good hands. As promised, here was what Baker Mayfield said in the postgame on Saturday that's had everyone talking about maybe uh, a Tebow-esque kind of turn for this team. You play at home and you absolutely just get everything kicked. Uh, I mean, it, it sucks. Uh, I had, had a great crowd. I'm proud of support they brought out. It's just the fact that you know, we, we didn't play very well. Um, personally, I've... I haven't played well this season. I've, I've, that game just goes to show I haven't been the player I was. Uh, I've been trying to work on it and trying to get better and better, but it just goes to show in big games like that, I haven't played well. I, I let this team down. Coach Stoops can beat around the bush, but I've let this team down by my performance. i got to lead a little better. i, I got to keep people positive, and uh, i got to take responsibility for that loss. I mean, we, we came out and we had a great game plan. Coach Riley had us ready. It's just the fact that we, uh, i got to go out and perform, and it's it's all on me at this point. And uh, At this point, I know that uh, the, the work that I'm going to have to put in, we haven't played a Big 12 game in. Uh, I'm going to work harder than anybody in this program. Uh, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to try and do it any harder than anybody Coach Stoops has ever seen, uh, and I'm, I'm going to push, and we're going to go uh, win a Big 12 title, and, and that's just uh, that's that's my mindset, and so I uh, got to bounce back. Yeah, it sucks. We <laughs> we got our asses kicked. I mean, they they came in and they played well. They had a great game plan. J T. Barrett played well. They capitalized on my mistakes, our turnovers. Um, I mean, they, they just flat out they played better than us. And and in games like that, your, your big time players and your team captains and your leaders have to show up. And and, and I didn't. So that's on me. So that was Baker Mayfield. That's the post game comments that many have been talking about. Uh, here from yesterday's defensive media availability was a very frank, open, and honest Mike Stoops about his overall feeling on not just where this defense is right now, but where this team is right now. You know, there's nobody. You know what I mean? It's, we're not playing well as a team. We didn't stop the run worth the, the other day. So 
there ain't nobody, you know what I mean? We got to get a whole lot better in a lot of ways. It ain't just the DBs or the corners. or that, That's not how we look at it. We, have, we are not playing well as a group. We're not getting enough turnovers. Uh, you know, the, there's a lot of things we could do better. You know, we, we didn't stop the run. We were out of our gaps. Shouldn't have been able to run the ball like that on us, but, you know, they did. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of areas we need to improve on. Good stuff from Mike Stoops and focusing on the overall broad view of the defense. Because, again, that most of those conversations, people want to look at, oh, they, they got to play better at one corner position. Mike Stoops says, well, they got to play better everywhere. And I think that's a great challenge from this coaching staff. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday. Now, I, I want to remind you, we like to have that broad view of Sooner Athletics. So don't forget to get out and support the soccer team. The women's soccer team has won five straight games. They are back in action Friday night against TCU, and then it's Sunday against Texas. So after a big road trip, this is their first home game in almost a month, Matt Potter's squad, winners of five straight, 7-2-1 and one on the season, take on TCU Friday night at 6.30, and then they battle Texas this Sunday at 1 o'clock. We'll have all the games for you on Soonersports.tv, but get out to John Crane Field and support Sooner Soccer. And the volleyball team dropped a tough one, even though the third set last night was spectacular between Kansas and Oklahoma. The Sooners volleyball squad lost their fourth straight match, though they're back in action right around the corner against Texas. That's going to be next Wednesday night. That's next Wednesday at 6 o'clock for OU and Texas as the Sooners will look to break their four-game skid. Well, that's a look at what's going on in Sooner Athletics, and that's the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is the tailgate. We'll see you next Thursday, and don't forget, Monday morning we have the refresher. Tuesday it's the game plan. Every Thursday it's the tailgate to get you ready for kickoff. Bye week this week. Enjoy it. We'll recap all of college football coming up next week right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Sooner Sports Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody, and until next week, Boomer Sooner. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.